Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I'm your host, Roberto Germán. Happy to be with you. Glad that you're listening in this moment. This episode, we're going to switch it up and do something different. I was invited to participate on Rosa Bell's Cafecito Cultural Podcast. So I'm going to share that interview with y'all, in which we're talking about integrating culture in the language classrooms, in particular by doing it through poetry. So rock with me as I play this interview for y'all. Hello, everybody, and welcome, everyone, to our Cafecito Cultural. And today, in this professional learning community, we have a special guest. Our guest today is Roberto Germán. Hello, Roberto. ¿Cómo estás? How are you? Saludos. Saludos. I, I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for having me on. Pleasure to be here with you this evening. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We are happy to have you here today. So let me let me let everybody know right now who is Roberto Germán. Roberto Germán is a director at Headwater School. Did I say correctly? Yes, yes. Headwater School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Austin, Texas. And he also supported the open the open of Magnolia Montessori for all. I've got my computer yes. opening. The opening at Magnolia Montessori for all, I'm sorry. And serving as a director of student affairs and services. Roberto is the co-founder and executive director of the of Multicultural Classroom, an organization that focuses on helping participants understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society through professional development, curriculum audits, speaking engagement, authorship, and content creation. Roberto's most cherished role is that of husband to Lorena and father of Annalise, Zion, and Sol. Correct? All right. That is correct. Perfect. So first. My lady and my babies. There you go. And can you please share a little bit more about you? Because I'm talking about all of this professional uh, biography that you have. But who is Roberto Herman? Where exactly because you are from the Dominican Republic. That's why I put a the nice sound in the flyer in there. And so where exactly from the Dominican Republic you are from and where you live now? Yeah, let me let me back up and, and uh, start with clarifying the beginning piece of the intro. Uh, okay. I recently served as director at mm-hmm. Headwaters School in Austin, Texas. Uh, I was the, the director there, the principal there for the past three years. And then this summer, I moved to Tampa, Florida, uh, and now I'm focusing on my business, multicultural classroom. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, so uh, I'm a consultant, content creator, author, um, and then to to the other part of your question in terms of, you know, where I'm from, my background, and whatnot. 
Uh, I'm from Lawrence, Massachusetts. I, I was born in this country. I'm from Lawrence, Massachusetts. Mis padres, my parents, son de la República Dominicana. Um, my father is from Haina, o sea, fuera de la capital, right outside the capital. My mother is from Samana, uh, Peninsula in, in República Dominicana. And actually, Samana was the first place in República Dominicana, first place to, to open um, themselves for Black folks, um, for, for formerly enslaved Africans in, in United States to live freely. Um, so that's why Samana has a fascinating history, and we won't get too deep into that now, uh, but I think that's important to mention. So I'm from Lawrence, Massachusetts, and, and if you don't know about Lawrence, Massachusetts, Lawrence is very much a Dominican hub within the United States, has oh. one of the highest Dominican populations outside of New York City in the United States, and it's only seven square miles, but you're talking about 100,000 people. Triple deckers and housing projects were all packed in together, and it's it's largely Dominican. Uh, Puerto Ricans also, uh, so you got your Boricua, eh, gente de Guatemala, eh, pero mayormente Dominicanos. And so eh, I very much grew up within the Dominican culture. My household, you know, speaking Spanish, uh, immersed in Dominican culture. Um, my city, people around me, we're immersed in Dominican culture. So it's, it's very part, very much part of who I am. So, um, I'm very much a Dominicano de herencia, y también de cultura, y también soy muy americano. So very much Dominican and, uh, from my heritage and my culture, uh, and also very, very much American. Thank you. Thank you so much. A man of faith, a family man, educator, activist, right? Entrepreneur, yes. poet, and great rapper. Yes. All essential, all essential to my makeup. Um, you oh, know, right. my, my faith guides my perspective. Uh, it's core to who I am. Um, and as mentioned, you know, I have a wife, Lorena Germán, who's, uh, you know, the co-founder and also academic director of Multicultural Classroom, also an author, author of The Anti-Racist Teacher, Reading Instruction Workbook, author of Texture Teaching. Uh, and then I have my babies, my kids, uh, my six-year-old, Annalise, my three-year-old, Zion, uh, Sion, and my, my uh, 11-month-old, Sol. Oh, wow, 11 months old. That's, that's a beautiful family, Roberto. And you also... I want you to talk about your new passion. I want to go and explore Roberto today. What is your new passion? What are you doing at this time? And what are you planning to do in the future? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I wouldn't say it's a new passion. I, I, I would say um, I'm, I'm investing in my passion differently than I have for the past 18 years, which for the past 18 years has been, uh, well, at least 15 of the past 18 years in school leadership uh, in, you know, a number of different roles uh, in school leadership as an administrator. And now I pivot and I'm doing something different. I'm focusing on, um, on my business. Uh, again, I'm an entrepreneur. 
And Lorena and I started Multicultural Classroom in 2015. I serve as the executive director. And we're about bringing ABAR strategies and resources, so anti-bias and anti-racist strategies and resources uh, to individuals and institutions that need support in that area. We all need support. The support Mm -hmm. looks different from one person or one institution to another, but we all need support because every day we're learning and growing, and uh, or we should be, learning and growing and and challenging ourselves and dismantling our racist notions this this man right institutionally um or individually um dismantling our bias right that applies to everybody uh bias applies to everybody prejudice applies to everybody um even if we're just talking about subconscious and so we engage in that work you know we engage in, in what <laughs> We, we engage in the very uncomfortable conversations that, you know, oftentimes um, people try to avoid. Um, and we try to find ways to uh, challenge and encourage people to, to, to think deeply and more importantly, to act. Right. So uh, we are, we're content creators. Uh, we create ABAR resources, anti-bias, anti-racist resources. We write books. Uh, I mentioned the Anti-Racist Teacher Reading Instruction Workbook and Textured Teaching, the newest publication. If y'all don't have that, go ahead and go cop that. Textured Teaching, Anti-Racist Teacher. You can get it at multiculturalclassroom.com or you can go to Heinemann Publishing for Textured Teaching. Uh, also, I am the host of the Our Classroom podcast. And so uh, it's a new podcast and I focus on bringing folks on to talk about education because education is happening whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. So I love to bring people on to talk about education. Osea, the learning, the learning Mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. And not because education is not just restricted to what happens in schools, right? And so I love to bring in all types of folks. Yes, I bring in a lot of folks that are school folks, um, but I also bring in individuals of different backgrounds, different professions to to give them room to share about their educational journey, um, to, to give them room to share about what it is that they're doing, uh, but to also to, to learn from them and, and hear their stories. And so that's my podcast, the Our Classroom podcast. And then additionally, uh, again, content creators, we also create videos. Uh, and in my case, I have a focus on performing arts. So um spoken word poetry uh rap you know like i create i create videos through the arts that address a multitude of different issues uh do a lot of work in english do some work in spanish do spanglish because you know i i really came up speaking spanglish and so it's part of who i am i love to share that and poetry is one of the ways that i share that Okay, perfect, perfect. And that takes me to what I was thinking about to ask you is that how you can help our teachers in this um, in this professional learning community so that they can take this information to their classes. You know, the goal here is the student be more exposed to culture and diversity. So how can you contribute today to our group? Yeah, you know, absolutely. Culture, we all have culture. We all carry culture with us. So culture is all around us, easy to access. So really, from my perspective, it it becomes more of a matter of maintaining high curiosity 
about mm -hmm. other cultures, right? Leading yes. with curiosity. You got to have a hunger to want to learn about other people, other traditions, other cultures outside of your own. Mm -hmm. And so, again, one of the things that I try to do and do well is challenge and encourage, right? So I'm not just going to tell you like, hey, you know, you should go do this. No, I I'm going to say, hey, you should go do this. Yeah. And here's, here are some resources to do that, right? Exactly. Um, so that's part of what we do in Multicultural Classroom. We provide some resources. Um, I, I mentioned a number of things that we do in terms of ABAR resources, books, uh, curriculum, coaching, and then, you know, creating videos, right? Whether the yeah, videos yeah. an instructional video, uh, and we actually have a workshop that y'all should check out. The workshop focus focuses on addressing bias, addressing racism and bias. Um, Lorena's workshop through a group called Grassroots Workshop. And uh, y'all should definitely check that out. But also, um, you know, I, I, I encourage teachers to, to take a lot of the resources that are there available to you that are free uh, that you could easily implement. And whether it's something mm -hmm. I've created or Lorena's created or other people have created, there's a lot of things out there. Um, I encourage teachers to implement a textured teaching approach. Uh, textured teaching is grounded in culturally sustained pedagogy. Uh, so we're talking about teaching that perpetuates and fosters linguistic, literate, and cultural pluralism as part of schooling for positive social transformation. That's the key term that we should all hold on to, yeah, social transformation. We want our students to have a transformation formative experience and in order to offer them a transformative experience we can't keep doing the same old same old we got to break the mold so mm -hmm. we got to dare mm -hmm. to do something different we got to lead with curiosity texture teaching is a framework for culturally sustaining practices i'm highly biased because my wife publishes so i'm a, you know i'm gonna be upfront highly biased but it's good it's yeah. good work and and really it's just about like good teaching practices right so texture right. teaching is dedicated to inspiring a drive for positive social transformation in students again texture teaching is dedicated to inspiring a drive for positive social transformation in students who doesn't want their students to experience positive social transformation mm -hmm. You know, I, I'd be appalled if anybody says they don't <laughs> want that for their students, right? And so yeah. as, as Lorena as Lorena states, Lorena Escoto Herman states in the book, who and what students see through their tea, through their reading is key. All right. So so yes. what they see through their reading is key. So texture teaching is student driven, is community centered, mm -hmm. is interdisciplinary, it's experiential. And it's flexible. I'm not going to break each one of those down, but I will say that experiential uh, and being flexible, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and community centered are, are, you know, things that, you know, if you just stop and think about it, like, wow, you know, how can we enrich the experience for our students. And I think about stuff that I was doing even for, before Lorena came up with this, you know, idea of texture teaching, like I was doing this stuff. Right. So I think about stuff I was doing with my students when I was teaching Spanish at St. John's prep in Danvers, Massachusetts. And one of my things was like, man, I want this to feel 
very practical for them. I want mm-hmm. to feel real. So when I have them, when we're doing exercises, when I have them doing work, like creating, creating menu, creating a menu and then thinking through how they, they, you know, would order off of this menu. That's all in Spanish and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having them go through the process. I'm having them create the menu. So they're doing the writing, they're they're thinking it through, they're drafting, they're editing, they're working with each other, right? So this collaboration, um, doing some peer edits. But then we're going out. We're going out to the field. We're going to make this real. We're going to go uh, to to a local spot where where there's Spanish speakers and you are going to practice and you are going to work through this and stay in the native language, right? Like many of our people, uh, and I don't, I don't know if this is your experience, but I know, mm-hmm. like, I think about my parents or my older sister, who my other sister was born in the United States, but my older sister was was born in Republica Dominicana. She came when she was, I don't know, maybe nine, thirteen. I don't know how she was, something like that, maybe nine years old. You know, mm-hmm. but you, you, she had to come here. They had to come here and learn. They had to come here and struggle. They had to come here and work through that English. And, and the person on the other end is not trying to learn Spanish, not trying to understand and not, not trying to make this accessible. So they had to struggle through it. So my, you got to give the students an opportunity to struggle through it. And it's okay. It's okay for you to struggle through it. And hopefully that also builds empathy, helps you understand what other people go through. And so I'm a big believer in, in, in making things practical for our yes. students. Practical for the students, practical for the teachers, because sometimes they don't do anything out of the zone of comfort because they think, oh, I'm, I'm you adding more work to me. Uh, I'm going to have to replan everything. And it's just to modify a little bit, but also having a, this set of mind that I want to bring culture and diversity to my classes. So the students be more exposed to real war scenarios. And I like the practice that you have. Like for me, I have limitations here in Hawaii because we don't have a, a community that I can take my students in there and they're going to learn firsthand. We don't, we don't have a big Hispanic community here or either like a business is just some Amer- some uh, Mexicans restaurants and some San Salvador, but then it's also a little bit far away from where I am. I'm in the other side of the West side of the island. I had to take my students to there. It's like a field trip and all type of stuff. So what I do, I create this scenario inside of my classroom. And if I got to do catering, then we put together it. We do the catering, but we leave that moment, that unforgettable moment that these students will have. It will keep in mind and pretty good to what you say because they get more engaged. Sometimes the teachers ask like, well, my students, I don't know what else to do. They, it, I feel like they don't want to learn the language or I, that I'm doing something wrong. We have to sit down and think about this. Right. Something in there is missing. We got to find ways to make it engaging for the kids. Yes. Learning should be fun. Learning yes. should be fun. And thankfully, the technology is so advanced that it, it just it allows us to do things that we couldn't do before. Virtual mm-hmm. field trips, right? Tour, yeah. Um, bringing in somebody. I mean, I was doing I was doing some of this stuff years ago. I would I would have like my cousin and other people Skype in. I know people don't use Skype as much, uh, mm-hmm. but I would have them Skype in from La República Dominicana. You know, mm-hmm. you, we could do that via Zoom. We, mm-hmm. we could do that with some of these other tools that are accessible to us. And even if you can't get the person live, you could get um, you could get a recording 
of somebody sharing. Be like, hey, you know, me puede grabar un video diciéndole esto lo otro a los muchachos. Boom, you could get a yeah, recording and share yeah. with your kids. And exactly. you can get, you know, examine, right? You can examine, like, the way um, this group of people speaks versus the way that group of people speaks, mm-hmm. right? Like, Correct. oh, you know, I lived in Texas for seven years. Out there, you know, no hay mucho dominicano out there, right? So mm-hmm. la mayoría son mexicanos, eh, hay personas de... Honduras, El Salvador, pero Mexicano, right? Yes. So, for example, en su cultura, ellos dicen en eh, frijoles for beans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We don't say in la República Dominicana, we, you know, we say habichuelas. Habichuelas, exacto. En Panamá se dicen por otros. But like, you know, frijoles mm-hmm. is not the common term for us. It's habichuela. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so Again, you know, little things, little little differences, little nuances that that you could examine with the students, right? Yeah, and they they curious about all that, and they like to see the difference, the different ways to call uh, different things that in English is just beans, right? But um, so talking about all this, you have a poem that is hitting hard right now in 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 the different platforms I've been seeing on the uh, YouTube and also I saw that the first time I saw it I think it was in Facebook if I'm not mistaken it's called Yo Soy Un Platano right oh I put it in my school and the students were like what they were crazy with that can you can you recite oh. that poem for us so we because yeah. we're recording this okay so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then I, uh, and also explain how teacher could use the point in their classes because it's not just yeah. like the, the 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 passion that you put on the point, but now how they can use this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll share the piece first. I want to give it a little context. Um, you know, I, I wrote this a while ago, and I've been sitting on some material. Uh, a lot of stuff that that speaks of my identity, right? My identity as a Dominican, uh, my identity como hispano hablante. Um, my identity as somebody who grew up in Lawrence, Massachusetts, like my unique experience, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I worked with my young buck, Stalin Giraldo, um, who who's from Lawrence, Massachusetts, up and coming filmmaker and, and artist, and he's gonna do great things. And you know, what we're what we're looking to do is create a, a series of pieces that, you know, address identity, uh, address mm-hmm. our background as Dominicans, uh, address our background como hispano hablantes, um, you know, but really, you know, and bring culture out, right? Bring the culture yes. out. Yes. So we, we want to find different ways to engage people. And, and so we have more videos coming, also have the book, um, working on a children's book, Yo Soy Un Platano, so y'all stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad the students responded that way. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, a little context for the piece. Just, I wanted to do something real quick. Um, and this, I wrote it years ago. I, Lorena and I, if I remember correctly, were hosting a conference at the Boys and Girls Club of Lawrence. We were uh, hosting a writing conference. And, and so if I'm going to challenge the group and it was like, you know, it was children, but also some of their parents were there and, and, and some youth, um, also 
like youth writing leaders. But if I'm going to challenge a group to write, then I'm going to challenge myself to write also. You know, you want to participate in the process. So that's what I came up with. Mm-hmm. Shared it with the people. And um, yeah, you know, it's going hard right now on the different platforms and we're going to keep pushing. And the um, good thing is that you have something to work with behind. It's just not the point, but it can be used as a template to have students explore, right? And the aspects of their own ethnicity. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, yes. you know, you could explore. Um, let me let me share the piece first. And now I'm going to get into that a little bit in terms of, you know, ways teachers could use there that. There you go. It's um, all so yeah, go this ahead. is titled, Yo Soy Un Platano. Yo soy un plátano, verde y fuerte. I stand tall and proudly represent mi gente. My skin is thick, for sure, seguro, and I'm stronger than other crops. Porque soy el maduro, right for the picking. Cuatro por peso, sounds nice with some chicken. Mm, 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 mm. Finger licking good. So, you know, good, good, when good. I think about that piece, like, I, you know, I, I just think about, like, my culture. And I think, of, you know, the platano the, the is a staple in, in Dominican culture. You know, it really represents mm-hmm. us. And so, you know, it, it really makes me feel at home in that way. And, you know, this is... um. This poem's an identity. It's an identity poem central around a staple crop of the, the Dominican Republic, right? You know, si tu a un juego de pelota, you go to a baseball game in DR, you see people in the stands, ah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you see the um, the world, the, the Caribbean World Series. When DR's playing and, like, we're trying to make a rally, we might be down a couple runs and we're trying to make a rally, you, you know, tu velo pelotero con su platano, you, you, you see the baseball players with their platanos, and so, like, it really represents our culture. And so this can be used as a template to have students explore an aspect of their own ethnic identity while expressing themselves in Spanish or Spanglish as I did. Um, So, you know, if you have students that have an Irish background, right, then Mm -hmm. they might explore potatoes, you know, as their staple crop. Um, I mean, you get the point. You go down the line with, you know, these different ethnic groups and, and what their staple crop is. Uh, and I don't know if potatoes is still a staple crop for, for you know, the Irish. Yeah. But that's but something know. that something that reflects the, the ethnic and that they feel welcome, familiar and not like, OK, it's not the idea is not getting them confused. Like, OK, now tu eres un plátano o algo. But. Go ahead and find out for your ethnicity what what it represents. What is the more common things? And then you see, we're talking about platano. There you go, food. We're talking about the the unit of food. If somebody teaches that way, right? Uh, identity, self identity, because they first need to know who they are, right. respect their cultures and respect their values. So then, when they go to learn what we're teaching, they come already with this respect about other people culture because I want to be respected as well. That's how yeah. I start my classes every every semester. I got my students every, every different semesters. We do blocks. And uh, and it opens them like they I, I look at them and it's like, okay, I'm open to what you're bringing over. Mm-hmm. You know, attacking me right away with the grammar, with the thing. We're talking about me and they feel important in their class. Therefore, they will be more engaged in your class as well. 
Yeah, sometimes we're looking our we, we see ourselves in these very limited ways, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. folks who just see themselves as white, or you know, you just see yourself as black, or you just see yourself as you know, Hispano, Latino. It's like no, 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 mm-hmm. no. Like dig a little deeper. Let let's try to dig a little deeper, and yeah, it exactly. might force you to have to do some research, and and that all that information might not be, you know as readily available to you because perhaps your family has been living like this for, for years or decades or mm-hmm. whatever the case is mm-hmm. like not really tapping into not exploring their own ethnic identity but that is something that we should be doing like nah don't don't tell me you're black or you're white or no T- tell me about your ethnic background you know oh your family comes from you know an italian heritage Let's talk about that. I love mm-hmm. Italian food. Um mm-hmm. you know y- your family comes from uh you know, Korean background. Wonderful. Help me learn about your ethnic background. And so um, if you want to go further, right, you want to go more in depth with students, you could have them share the significance of the crop that they picked, right? You know, exactly. Like, yeah, why is this important to this particular country? Yeah, you know, like, why? Uh, you could also have students share the history of the crop as it relates to the country um, the, the students are associated with, right? So that, you know, they could think about it for themselves. Like, you know, what's the significance? Why'd you pick this? But then they could mm-hmm. think about it in terms of like, what's the significance for your particular country? So um, just yes. a few quick hitters in terms of how teachers could explore that and, and push it a little deeper. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Another episode of Our Classroom. Thanks to Rosa Bell from PLC Culture and Diversity for having me on her platform. Happy to share with y'all. Hey, just a special reminder, go out there and cop Texture Teaching by Lorena Helman and the Anti-Racist Teacher Reading Instruction Workbook by Lorena Helman. Multicultural Classroom. You know what time it is. Multiculturalclassroom.com and Multicultural Classroom across all social media platforms. Until the next episode, keep learning.